All right, undead fans. Are you guys ready to talk some zombies? Yeah. All right. I don't know. You guys kind of sounded like the undead right there. It was it was a bit muted. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, can we actually do that? Can we actually do a uh, uh, like? No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. But I want to hear your most enthused zombie groan as Gavin gropes me. That's good. It's fine. Uh, can I just get that on the count of three? Can you guys give us the, your most enthused zombie groan? Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> That is a good hoard's worth of a moan right there. Thank you, guys. Uh, my name is Jonathan London. I'm the host of Geekscape.net, and I love zombies. I didn't always love zombies. Zombies came to me kind of accidentally because I was worn out from zombies. Zombies seemed to be everywhere. And then uh, my friend Alexander, uh, who's a, a documentary filmmaker, called me and uh, asked if I wanted to be a part of this movie called Doc of the Dead, which we just finished and put out this year. It's on Netflix. Thank you. And he's like, do you want to do zombies? Is like fan culture, what is the like crux of it? And I was like, okay, that's a very French way of saying, do you want to go interview a bunch of people about zombies? And I said, we can only do it if two things happen. You get Romero and I get Peg and we interview those guys. And so we both asked them if they wanted to be interviewed in our zombie documentary. They both said yes. We interviewed them and we started this movie. And if you guys go to Netflix, Doc of the Dead is got Robert Kirkman, Max Brooks, uh, Tom Savini, George Romero, uh, all those guys you want to hear talk about zombies, talking about zombies, and then me goofing off a little bit. But yeah, very proud to, of the you movie. Have, you get to drink something really nasty. <laughs> I get to, I get to, I, I get to alert. prove that I am the one that will survive. <laughs> yeah, we, we hung out with uh, some some preppers, and they were like, "Well, I've never drank that," and I was like, "Bottoms up." Um, but anyway, the, the movie's fun. It's called Doc of the Dead. It's on Netflix here in the states, and uh, and so I learned to love zombies. I did. Um, after not wanting to do the movie unless Simon and, and George were part of it, I learned to love zombies. And I did not have to convince these guys to love zombies because they're already horror fans. Uh, they like that icky stuff. And to my right is Clark Wolf. Uh, she's one of the co-hosts of the, she is the co-host of the Bloodcast. And she is a horror expert. Why don't you tell them where your love of horror and maybe specifically zombies came from, Clark? Sure, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I often tell people that I was interested in horror and genre from a very, very young age, but I was a big Frady cat, and so would always kind of try and watch things that my babysitter or my brother and my older cousins were watching, one of which was the remake of Night of the Living Dead. I remember that moment very clearly, being five years old, and my younger brother, younger brother, an older cousin were watching the remake of Night of the Living Dead. They didn't tell me, and I wandered up and saw them, and I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, you can't, Clark. You're gonna get scared, you can't. And I said, I'll be fine. And I watched it terrified. I mean, just absolutely horrified. Um, and uh, so I, that's where my love of genre started. And then, honestly, the thing I love so much about horror is uh, political commentary in horror and sci-fi. I love that genre, horror specifically, I think more than a lot of other things, often talks about what's going on in our culture, in our society, things we're afraid of. And uh, recently, I'd say post you know, 2001, I think the zombie resurgence is a wonderful allegory for a lot of things that are going on. So, um, so that's, that's what I'm into right now. <laughs> um, and Ryan, her co-host on the Bloodcast, uh, what, is your, uh, kind of, what is your entry into horror and specifically zombies? Uh, specifically zombies, uh, around early high school years, my dad introduced me to Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, George Romero's films. Um, they kind of shaped my formative years of being a horror fan and 
what I especially liked about them was they were so bleak because there was no turning back. Once you got bitten, that was it. You were doomed, and then somebody had to pull a bullet in your head. Um, and from that point on, I always loved zombie movies, and then from that point, you know, I started seeking out kind of the harder stuff. Uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie, City of the Living Dead, uh, The Beyond, so on, uh, Hell of the Living Dead, uh, so on and so on. So um, what zombies, for me, what I love about that subgenre uh, is that it is a canvas upon which you can project, like Clark said, so many sociopolitical views and um, religious views and so on and so on. So, yeah. And Gavin... You and I met when uh, you were working for FearNet, and I was like, oh, this guy's a horror junkie, and you were on the zombie panel last year. Yes, I survived me. it. You survived it. Uh, or not. We or don't not. know. You may, you may not be all put together. Um, it's just a real slow zombification. He's like, I think I'm not as smart as I was yesterday, and not as fast. But um, So, Gavin, what is your entry into horror, specifically zombies? Well, I think it would definitely echo what everyone said. Uh, for me the zombie genre was my entry point. Uh, you know, I'd seen stuff like Nightmare, you know. Uh, I was part of, I don't know if you guys know, there's a stuff called VHS. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, that was my entry point into horror, is, you know, I would walk down to the neighborhood store and, you know, pick out whatever scared me the most by the jacket. But what stuck with me was Romero. Uh, I think I had seen Dawn of the Dead, actually, before I saw Night. Uh, and it just, yeah, uh, like I said, just kind of echoing what these guys are saying, it stuck with me. Um, I think I was too young to realize it was like this social, political kind of commentary, but it was just damn good storytelling, right? And, and, it, and it allowed me to take it more seriously than like a slasher film or a monster movie. Uh, I think having worked in genre stuff the last, you know, so-and-so years, I think now I, I'm more of a monster fan, like I'm a monster movie fan, more of, than a horror fan, but it, it really does all go back to the Romero zombie. And I think the, that that is what we do love about it. Like Clark was saying, it has to echo uh, our human experiences. And the great thing about Romero was, even from the beginning, and he got it kind of by accident, but uh, every decade he would make one of these dead movies and each of them would... Uh, echo what was going on at the time, whether it was the Red Scare with the original Dawn of the, uh, Night of the Living Dead, whether it was Dawn of the Dead in commercialism, or the militarization of the U.S. in Day of the Dead. It all seemed to echo what we were thinking. And uh, in the, the best part of it, and, and it's something that, that Simon Pegg said in our, in our movie, was that, uh, that death is just the, or zombies are just the perfect metaphor for death, because yes, they're slow. Like there are, they are Freddy, like Freddy or uh, Jason Voorhees slow, mm -hmm. but and we can always be faster. But we got to sleep sometime. We got to stop and eat sometime. They're continually gaining on us. Just like as healthy as we want to be, we can do whatever we want to stay healthy, uh, cut out gluten, whatever we want to do. It's going to end up catching up to us, and we're going to be corpses. Yeah. Sooner or later, we're zombies. Well, I think I would add to that too. It's never the zombie that kills you. It's the dude you're locked in the house with, or yeah. you know, it's our own damn human nature that usually. And that's I think the other thing that's interesting about zombie movies is you can't help it if Freddy Krueger gets you right. Like he just, he's a powerful dude, yeah. but. You watch this genre, you watch a zombie thing, and you're like, oh, but I would have done it this way, or I would have done it that way. Maybe that is a big part of the appeal. Yeah, zombies are slow and dumb, but humans are fast and smart. Well, I was going to say, too, what's fun about the zombie genre is it makes you a smarter survivalist. 
I mean, you and I are outdoorsy types. We're all outdoorsy types. And every time I go out, I'm like, okay, I'm on a trail. What would I do? Or where would I fortify myself? Oh, there's a bathroom stall. Okay, how would I fortify myself in there for 24 hours, even though it stink? Um, you know, it, it makes you more of a survival type, which is interesting. Uh, and Clark, you talked about it. Why specifically uh, post-2001 would you say that zombies are prevalent in our, uh, in our culture? Yeah, I mean, I hate to be so controversial 10 minutes into the panel, but do you guys just, like, can you tell me, where do you guys stand on the Danny Boyle is a zombie, isn't a zombie? Like, do you guys, raise your hand if you count that in the zombie canon. It's 28 Days Later, a, a zombie, zombie film. Movie. Can I raise my hand? If that's a yes, raise your hand. Because I, I believe it's a yes. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. So, yeah, unpopular opinions with Clark Wolf. Um. <laughs> now, what, what, now, how many of you guys think, hey, those aren't re, uh, reanimated corpses that hunger for, uh, for flesh? Um, that's not a zombie movie. I'm, I don't understand I, the question. But I love... I'm just saying... Who Are you talking it? about the definition of a zombie? Yeah, yeah, because we got to define the zombie. But right. like, like 28 Days Later is really interesting because... He will say you did. He didn't make a zombie. He didn't make a zombie movie. It's a virus, and it's not reanimated corpses. A corpse doesn't come out of the ground and right. eat somebody. Right. Other people will be like, "That is absolutely a zombie movie." Sorry, Mr. Boyle, you made a zombie movie, <laughs> yeah. and that's what's so fascinating about it. So, why do you bring up Danny Boyle? Well, because and similarly too with Romero. Like, I mean, you know, they never do. Uh, they never call in Night of the Living Dead. They they never use that terminology. No, the ghouls. Yeah, exactly. And and really, the definition of the zombie as we knew it up until then was the Haitian zombie mm -hmm. and the and the voodoo zombie. So, to me, when I saw Twenty Eight Days Later, I was. Um, I think I'm a little younger than some of the people on the panel, but. I remember We're old. I didn't mean it like that but Thanks. what I mean is We're almost zombies. <laughs> exactly. They're coming that for That makes us experts my zombie <laughs> But uh, for me being a young person and experiencing September 11th um, as uh, most of the people in this room did um, you know that was one of the first times that I had seen horror reflecting true uh, you know, terrorism or political dissent. And, and I think that 28 Days Later has a lot to do with uh, the events of 9-11. I, I, even if it didn't mean to on purpose, I think you could read a lot into that. And so I connect 28 Days Later and post-2001 with, you know, this idea of um, sort of blindly following something, perhaps. Letting fear rule your decisions. Can I trust this person? Are you an infected? What about you? Can I trust you? What what do I have to do to protect mine? Yet I've got somebody in our film who is like, let me tell you who the zombies are. They're going to be the liberals. <laughs> because they're going to wait for the government handouts right to the point where they ain't got nothing and then they're going to come for what you got. I think, and, I, I, and so I think it's hilarious how it can reflect both uh, a, a cynical view of government and a in uh, in a, 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 the the liberal approach. I think it's awesome. I think, and honestly, regardless of government, I just more look at it as people because, like right. you guys were saying it's earlier, very it's it's all about how people would react to global pandemic. How would people react to, and whether it's a Romero zombie, how would the people react to that? How would society carry on? Um, and so, to me, that that is why, um, especially post two thousand one, I think we got this resurgence in in zombie films from you know remaking you know Dawn of the Dead to Zombieland to Shaun of the Dead. You know, it's it's perfect timing. And I think Danny Boyle would admit, especially with sections of his movie where he's looking at he's looking for people who had posted you know missing people's yeah, signs. Absolutely. I mean, that that's definitely uh, imagery from nine eleven. But there's also Katrina imagery that you start to see in these movies. Uh, That's mostly you know, in 28 weeks later. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the internet has given us uh, an immediate 
connection to all this like really catastrophic imagery, not just from the U.S., but from around the world, where you have uh, you know, tsunamis from the Philippines, and we start to think about our own survival because it is now immediate. It will, it's not waiting f until the newspaper gets delivered the next day. It's on our phone, whether we want it or not, or on the front page of Yahoo, or, ESP, or, or not, maybe not ESPN, but uh, CNN the next day, and you're, and you're sitting here immediately faced with your own mortality, yep. right. and we've had to think about it. Um, we, it didn't make it into the movie, but we did interview some, somebody from the government and talking about different things that, uh, that the government had, had tried. And they were like, listen, uh, FEMA is going to put, a, you know, they put up a website and they say, hey, uh, this is how you don't catch something that will kill you. And they, they, I forgot what the disease was, but they made a website that was like, this is how to avoid, you know, the flu or something much worse than the flu, but that was going around. And maybe 500 people the entire year hit that website. The second they made it zombies, the website crashed. Yep. Because people want to think about their survival, but they don't want to think about their survival to the point where it's like, maybe I'll have a couple days worth of water in my house in case there's an earthquake. Living in Los Angeles, where we pump our water from hundreds of miles away, uh, we become a desert within a year if our water gets dislodged. Yeah. But we don't think about that. We think about zombies and what we would do. Well, first I'm gonna go to Costco, and then I'm gonna do this. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, if uh, people make zombies and zombies make people into zombies, don't go where people are going. Don't do that. You're going to go to a giant zombie factory. That's what Costco is. Costco is like one it of already is a yeah. giant zombie, zombie factory. Exactly. <laughs> you, you telling me I can get a dollar hot dog? Yeah, because that's not going to turn you into a zombie oh if it's undercooked. <laughs> So, I mean, but at, at the core, I mean, the reason why people go to the FEMA website when that whole zombie thing happens is because they, it's still escapism. Yeah, the yeah, thing is, escapism. is they won't go to that because they don't want to face that truth. Right. They don't want to face that. So that's what's really interesting. And I think when we go online and we Google search zombie survivalist and we see some guy who created like a fortress in Texas, I go, who is that guy? Does he really believe that the zombie apocalypse is going to come? And it's really strange and it's a very cynical point of view, but I think that some people really want to clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. They want a zombie apocalypse to happen. They want civilization to like just completely collapse so they can, I don't know, prove themselves yeah, or just start yeah. over. I, I interviewed that guy. His name is Ron Hubbard. He builds... Uh, not to be confused with Ron Hubbard. Not to be confused with Ron Hubbard. The dead? But if, if, if you drive down the five and you see the fallout shelter like builder on the, you know, in City of Industry, you guys have seen that guy? He builds the shelters. He builds them in Texas for people in Texas. And we, I interviewed him in one of his shelters. And I said, if you're building these things in Texas that are going to protect you from a zombie, how are you going to get there? You're in California. <laughs> when the S hits the F, how are you going to get to Texas and get into one of your fallout shelters? And how is there not going to be some dude with a shotgun waiting for you being like, got thanks for building in this place and stocking it full of snacks? Sorry, it's mine. <laughs> you know? well, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? There's a company in San Diego that sells them in Barstow. I did all the research. Uh, there's a company in San Diego that builds them in Barstow. I'm like, yeah, because traffic's not bad on a Friday. Right. <laughs> Imagine when people are like screaming and running for their lives. How are you going to get to Barstow? That's crazy. Yeah. There are already zombies in Barstow. Yeah, I was going to you know, make a, a couple points. One of which is I think that Walking Dead's done a wonderful job exploring characters that did amount to nothing in this, in our normal, and then post-apocalypse have kind of risen to being you know, like a hero or an anti-hero or interesting character. Uh, I, I felt like they've done a good job with that. Uh, the other thing I was going to say to the point of, of the survivalist is that, uh, you know, what's kind of nice is if you are zombie-proofing your house or you're getting ready for that, 
it will help if there's an earthquake. I think that's kind of a fun, fun thing, and I think that was really brilliant of them to do, is, is it, may, it maybe is more fun to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, but if you have that stuff, if you have your water stashed, and you, know, you have your food and your shotgun or whatever, it could be useful in the real world. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you guys, has Walking, the, has Walking Dead made you guys a little bit more uh, prepared? Has it made you start thinking about maybe keeping like a bug out bag in your house or maybe keeping... I actually have a swag bag from AMC that is the Walking Dead Preparedness Kit. You can buy it now online for $200 and it comes with water and it comes with a tinfoil blanket and it comes with everything. That is now my earthquake kit. I was about to say, that, hope, that used to go under the name of yeah. earthquake And I hope to God that when, we, when an earthquake hits, it comes in handy because I will be sitting there cursing AMC if it doesn't work out. Right. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> this water sucks. Um, the, we, we will have questions, uh, and there's a microphone set up for questions. Yeah, in the middle, so uh, well, if you want to ask a question, you can always line up at the microphone so we can all hear you and be like, oh, that was a very nice, poignant question, sir. How many uh, people love The Walking Dead? I just want to see a raise of hands. How many of you guys are into Holy that? Holy crap. This is people who actually like it, not just people who watch it, right? <laughs> <laughs> who likes it? Who raise your hands. It? Yeah. Okay. Who watches it just because? And how many people read the comic? Nice. nice. Now, wow. how many people play my favorite version of The Walking Dead, the Telltale game? Wow. That, that is the best version of okay. The Walking Dead, and I love The Walking Dead. How many, how many of you have seen all of the Romero zombie films? Uh, Excellent. Okay. Okay, that's close. All right. Now, how close. many people would immediately kill yourselves if you found out you were in Return of the Living Dead? Because <laughs> <laughs> those are the worst zombies of all time. What? The Wait return of the, like 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 the, the the return of the living dead zombies yes. are like the scariest ones. Oh, they're great. Like they're the ones that like you can't well, like you shoot them in the head. Sure, like kill them as much as you want. They're still gonna come get you. You know what? I'll, I'll give this to the Walking Dead. Those are indestructible. I'll give this to the Walking Dead because when Return of the Living Dead came around, that kind of set down this whole rule that zombies have to eat brains. Yeah. And from that point, it wasn't on, until 85, 86 that yeah, that 85, 86. Zombies didn't eat brains; they ate everything—nipples, legs, whatever. It doesn't matter. So in that order, and, uh, yes. It was like a really Check, bad. If thing. you want to see nipple eating, go to burial ground. It's really crazy. All right. So, uh, but then it wasn't until eighty-five, Return of the Living Dead came along, and everybody was like, "Oh, brains!" Oh, Walking Dead reset that. Yeah. And thank you, Walking Dead, for yeah, doing seriously. that because you yeah. know at that point on, everybody knew, "Holy crap! They're not just after brains; they want everything." But do you feel? Oh, wait, I don't know. Well, do, do you think? I mean, Walking Dead did on a bigger scale, I guess, because a lot of people watch it. But like Shaun of the Dead, they're not necessarily after brains. Yeah. And yeah. and Dawn, and I, I feel like. I would actually say Danny Boyle reset it. I know it sounds like no, I'm no, I think on you're, that. Well, no, really, I think you're with it. And Danny Boyle really has eat, said... They just tear things yeah, up. And, right, and right, there right. are people who said, like, you had to have Danny Boyle and running zombies come along because when you have these two morons in Shaun of the Dead killing zombies, they're not a threat anymore. <laughs> right. so, we need, we, so we needed them to start running and we, and we needed to have the World War Z zombies, yeah. which were like the bug are zombies. There, are there World War Z fans here who saw the film? Actually, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I think it's Who would have thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. You, you know what was interesting to me about it is after digesting, because sometimes I'll put down a Walking Dead book and be like, I can't. I'm done. I, I, you know, somebody will die and I'm, I, I can't touch it again. But what was interesting to me and a nice surprise with uh, World War Z, if you haven't seen it, is it's so in the beginning of an apocalypse, people are actually still acting like human beings to each other. It's, it was kind of refreshing because it's not like where I love stuff like Walking Dead because it's like, don't trust anybody. They're all going to, you know. 
it was like kind of different. It was like, oh, that guy. That, oh, wait, he's helping out that old lady. How sweet, you know? It's. <laughs> I call it, it those was, people food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was an interesting film for me. Team Shane, you're Team yeah. Shane. I'm definitely Team Shane. No, I'm I, Team Shane. I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah. I, I would start. What's the? Uh, I would start like Terminus. It's called My Backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come that's, on over for the, a cookout. That's why Jonathan does. <laughs> that's why Jonathan does CrossFit so he can fight the, the zombie apocalypse. Like, come He's on gonna up. throw tires at like, the zombies. You can run from the zombies all you want. I'm the one who's gonna catch you. That's right. You know what's and gonna I'm be from Texas. I throw up that barbecue. I'm like, that's the one. What thing kind of sauce like, do you use? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, where's the sauce on some of that stuff? You just gonna eat it like that? All right. How many, you gotta how many mar- people... You got to see that woman. She's like grilling something. Like, I think, you know, and I'm like, you ain't marinating that. Whatever. All right, real show hands. Who would resort to cannibalism if pushed to that limit? Yeah, I know. Okay, you're all going to be uh, tagged and collected as you leave the door. <laughs> I, I love how you put in parentheses, if pushed to that limit. With a question that, mark at that, the that end. That limit may just be, I think my stomach just grumbled. <laughs> hmm. It's a little too far to the McDonald's. It's going to be. But you're gonna, right here. It's going to be interesting to see who now takes zombies to the next level because zombies have evolved over time yeah. and over the decade and moved with. I think we said on the bloodcast at one point, I was like, it's going to take another natural disaster or tragedy for you know the, somebody to like approach the zombie genre from a new angle. Because I feel yeah. we've kind of hit a ceiling now. If you guys don't listen to the Bloodcast, it is the it is my source for like horror opinion and news. Because usually when I'm trying to watch a horror movie, I'm watching like this. <laughs> Baby. So I wouldn't really eat you guys. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, don't yeah. believe it. Um, that poor sir right there has been waiting to ask a question for a while. And Who's we that? Will now Let's get him on that mic. Oh, yeah. He's like, I think I'll just sit here because those loudmouths. <laughs> Go ahead and ask a question, sir. Well, um, what's, interest- what's interesting about shows like uh, The Walking Dead, and if anybody of you has ever seen a manga, an anime called High School of the Dead, hmm. is that not only do you have to worry about the zombies, when things really go down and society collapses, the survivors are just as, if not more, dangerous than the zombies are. Yeah. No, when my buddy Matt Moak, who was on the panel last year, he says his favorite zombie movie is The Road. Oh, like, yeah, like he, he, really he's like, point. that is the most accurate thing. Because zombies, in all honesty, like, oh, biting? Yeah. Like, like, like a dog in your neighborhood gets rabies doesn't mean every dog in the neighborhood gets rabies. Right. Like, like, bite is, that's a pretty easy thing to avoid, which in The Walking right. Dead is what frustrates me when they're like, wait, whoa, be careful. Take this knife that you have to get up to almost hug the person to use. <laughs> I'm like, well, why aren't they using separation forming weapons like, 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 uh, like a, I don't know, uh, a, a pole? A spear? A Where are we going to find yeah. a pole in this forest? <laughs> <laughs> To keep, it, to, to keep these zombies away from us. Uh, guys, Professor Layton is leaving. No, he's not. He's just re- it's sitting down again. I was, I, <laughs> guys, I was Professor Layton yesterday, and my wife was his little assistant, Luke, which is weird. But um, she was going to her car. I just have to say this real quick. Uh, and she was like, okay, I'm leaving. And she was dressed as literally Professor Layton's assistant, Luke. And I kiss her goodbye, and I look up, and there's this little kid going, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Professor Layton just kissed his child assistant, Luke, on the mouth, and oh... And I was like, that's a puzzle that'll be solved another time. Oh my God. <laughs> Good luck. But I think, I think real fast on, on your point about, uh, about the people being, you know, worse. I, I think, you know, we've seen that going, we've seen that go so far back. I mean, even if you talk about the Haitian zombies, you know, the whole deal is, okay, I'm going to manipulate you to do exactly what I want you right. to do. They were slaves. And, 
Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, you have, you know, the Romero zombie. And, you know, spoiler alert. I don't know. Do I need a spoiler alert? What happens at the end of Night of the Living Dead? Maybe. But, you know, they, sh they shoot Ben simply because he's African-American, not right. because they think... That's the Ferguson zombie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoa! So, oh, wow. Anyway... But, but it's I, more I, metaphorical. <laughs> but I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think the point that these these uh, classic zombie films and, and media that we know are is making is that you know really is about the, your fellow man and less about you know this this external threat. Even oh, though we want the zombies are gone in a week. If zombies happen, zombies are done in a week. The rest of us are having to pick up pieces right. and deal with the rest of us. Listen, Carol's got it right on Walking Dead. Just go solo. Honestly, oh. I'm always looking for the exit. I'm always looking for that car. I love all of you guys up here, but no, I'm no. going on my own. Ryan. And then I'll watch you from afar. I'll bust out some fireworks if I need You're to. Like, <laughs> I'll blow guys, some. Guys, I disagree with Ryan. I say go as a group. No. Because why no. carry your food when it can walk with you? <laughs> my food carries itself. Yeah, exactly. See? Let's wait. True colors being shown up here, folks. You're, yeah, no You're learning colors. a lot about zombies. Um, shall we... Uh, Ma'am, we have a Pokemon at the at the. At the you question. know it. Thank you. I know what you are. Sorry. I run, She's definitely I run Geekscape. I can identify a Pokemon. So, <laughs> who do you think I am? Just out of curiosity. I'm not gonna name you, ma'am. Uh, Pokemon ruined my life. Oh, okay. I got Pokemon when I was 20 years old. Pokemon was the face of addiction, and I was a 20 year old man, single, living in New York, working a cool job at MTV. You know what? She represents our greens. Yeah. So we got meat Green and we got team. veggies up here. Green yeah. So. This um, just got weird. So. What, what is your question, man? <laughs> Sorry, um, we were talking about the changing uh, role of zombies and like um, the the types of attributes, like running zombies, uh, brain zombies, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, have any of you read uh, *Cell* by Stephen King or yes. um, *News Flesh* by Mira Grant? No. Um, so. <laughs> You should look into it. I'm um, gonna look at. So, what do you think about zombies? With the idea that um, they can either have like a hive man, uh, sorry, hive, hive mind, or like um, they kind of create like a basic predatory instincts of working together hmm. without really working together. Well, that's yeah. what they were doing in World War Z, and we interviewed the entomologist mm -hmm. who told us about insects and right. how all that's gonna happen. If you watch Talk of the Dead, the entomologist who was the re the the consultant on World War Z was talking about how they move, why are they going to move as a swarm, how are they going to help themselves out because uh, it's about the uh, procreation of the virus, not necessarily anything yeah. else. The virus is what matters. Like you want to, you want the virus to survive. So you're going to be doing things like, uh, like those brain stocks that the, that that um, that fungus will put in ants that'll yep. continue the that it, or the zombie crickets where yep. uh, you'll lay the eggs in the cricket. And then the worm will sprout and make the cricket go into water so it can lay more eggs. So even though crickets hate water and they'll never jump in water, uh, the they literally the little worm leaves the cricket right as the cricket is in the water drowning. And the cricket wakes up and is like, "Whoops! Why am I in the water? I'm dead." <laughs> and it's just it's the scariest thing. And really, the the truth and he says it in the movie is that there's a billion insects. There's only uh, a couple million types of mammal. Uh, insects have zombies, and there's billions of them. Uh, it's just a numbers game. Sooner or later, there will be in, there'll be one mammal that turns out to act like a zombie. And one thing that's not in the movie was uh, down in UC Irvine is one of the leading uh, Alzheimer's researchers. Mm -hmm. And I went down there to talk to him and say, listen, what's the uh, parallels between Alzheimer's and, uh, and things like rabies uh, and a zombie virus? Because there's, there's something called a blood-brain barrier. And it is the one thing that it doesn't allow your brain to get sick, like the flu, you know, your other organs will get sick, your lungs will get sick, or your stomach will get sick, but your brain won't. 
very few things can actually make it their way into the brain in order to trick your brain into doing things like, you know, eating another person. Uh, mad cow disease will do it. Alzheimer's will do it. Stuff like that. And we were talking about that. And he said, it's a protein fold called a prion. And that's what uh, mad cow is. Now, mad cow is 100% fatal. The Spanish flu, which killed millions of people at the beginning of the last century, there were literally people in Philadelphia in like the uh, early 1900s rolling carts of bodies. That's Philadelphia. Uh, that was only 13% fatal. Mad cow, you get it, you're dead. Which is really scary because it's a prion disease. And the thing about a prion disease is it's not just a normal uh, disease. It is spontaneously mutating. So mad cow can just decide tomorrow to be airborne. It's not reacting to a defense mechanism in a body, right? If you get a virus and it overcomes your defense mechanism, it's mutated. But it did that because you poked it with a stick and tried to kill it. A prion disease, it just says, I'm airborne, what's up? And it, 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 it's <laughs> going to kill you. That's 100% fatal. And at the last stages of mad cow disease, which is one of these diseases that make it into your brain, uh, you're lashing out and biting. And you're crazy. And it's nasty. It's like rabies. You had another virus that can make its way into the brain. What's scary about this prion disease being 100% fatal and just deciding to mutate whenever it wants is uh, we have them and they're created by protein folds in the brain. I, dude, we did the research on this movie and I loved it. It really made me a zombie fan. Uh, and I asked him, I said, how does a protein, how does a prion disease form? This, this, how does this mutation happen? So which is what we're talking about, these mutations. And, and he says, uh, well, pygmy cultures, if they eat high enough up the food chain, like if they're cannibalistic and you eat brains, <laughs> you'll create these, eventually the mercury and all this, you'll eventually create these protein folds and you'll become, uh, you'll get that prion disease. And you'll become crazy and think the natural thing to do is start eating people. And then all you gotta go from there is one more mutation and it's party time. And by party time, I mean running and screaming and, uh, What's up, guys? You guys want to hang out? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Let's go to Costco. Science uh, is fun. Yeah, no, I mean, it's intense, but it, it's real science, and it's scary. Mad cow's scary. Mad cow's scarier than Ebola. There's yeah. a lot of things. Listen, guys, if you're worried, get go up. Go hide. Yeah. No. Now. Get one of those bug out shelters just off the five with my buddy Ron Hubbard. Well, yeah. I just want to speak to just the, cre the creative, the fictional yeah. element yes. of it. To, you know, the Stephen King cell. I the mean, rest what of I thought was so really scared. interesting about that was it was all about this. It's all about yeah, us exactly. being this and this oh, all the cool. time. But with the cell, and with the frequency in the, the brain, the frequency like in the brain. Reset the brain. Yeah, and then at one point, like they even levitate. So yeah. I mean, I think it's like stuff like Stephen King's cell. Uh, there's another. Uh, I'm so blanking on this book, but it was a terrific novel. And it actually came out before Cell, but it was kind of similar to that. Um, was, um, the, the, with the talking uh, line. Pontypool. Is it Pontypool? Uh, no. Actually, Pontypool. Have you, who has seen Pontypool? Raise your hand. It's basically a zombie movie, but it's about an infection that um, passes through the English language. What? So, key, so there are key words. There are words. Like I could say cupcake, and all of a sudden Jonathan will just uh, uh, freak out. Trigger. And so it's like cupcakes. a trigger. Sugar rush. <laughs> So what you have is you've got these characters trying to find the trigger mechanisms, the trigger words, and trying to put a new definition on them. Do you have to say in a British accent? Language, huh? Do you have to say it in a British accent? Like, do accents matter, though? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it's no, no, no. just the language, because yeah. they switched to French and they were saved. Yeah, yeah, they were? exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they switched to French. It, this is a Canadian Spoiler, film. the one time the French won a war. <laughs> But God, what? write it down, Pontypool. It's on Netflix right now, and it's a really, really, it's really, really good movie. But yeah. stuff like Cell, stuff like uh, Pontypool, that is progressive 
uh, zombie cinema that I think is fantastic. What well, about, talk, sorry, oh yeah, you go ahead. All I was going to say real fast is talk about the next creative evolution of, you know, where uh, the, the hive mentality. I mean, as more and more and more of us, you know, rely on our computers for everything. And, and I'm not criticizing it, but our culture is moving that way. So, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if the next movie that, you know, or big idea or whatever, if they ever make a cell movie, but even if they don't, you know, the idea that we are all uh, corrupted by this hive, this digital hive, it's terrifying because it's so plausible in yeah. a way. Yeah. So. I mean, there could be a subconscious signal, right? you know, strobed into your, your mobile, mm -hmm. the, you know, could like hypnotize you or whatnot. And then you have like, yeah. Like yeah, like Dr. the Cybermen and Doctor Who did that. Facebook did that. Did that. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter does that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Geekscape.net. Uh, anybody, anybody, <laughs> yeah, anybody takes a foodie on Instagram. <laughs> but look for, yeah, Clark is right. They, they did make a movie of The Cell. It's coming out next year with uh, John Cusack and Sam Jackson. So that'll be pretty neat. Keep in mind, if you take a photo of a person, in my opinion, that is a foodie. <laughs> oh, boy. As a cannibal. I won't um, be back for the panel. Yeah. <laughs> Can we I switch hope, our I seats hope. for a second? Yeah, let's get close. You looks so close. delicious, and I'm not. I wanted to uh, ask everyone. Speaking of like these, because I, I love the alternate definitions of zombies now. Um, uh, I'm surprised after all these years that people do still do stuff that brings me back in. Uh, I really enjoyed the Crazies remake. Yeah, that was awesome. And I think it's very underappreciated, and it's just short of a zombie film, right. and it's you know based off of a Romero, uh, a classic Romero. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, you know, when we're talking about military and the machine and stuff, that's I think the other thing about the zombie uh, genre is I think every one of us in this room at some point has been like, what are those guys creating that we don't know about? Right. Yeah. And who are those guys? Yeah. We interviewed those people too. <laughs> okay. One of the this government dude literally said that we have stuff like that in our labs, and we created it during the Cold War. And I said, "Why?" And he goes, "Because Russia has it." Yeah. And I said, "So did you guys like light it on fire and get rid of it?" They're like, "Well, Russia still has it." <laughs> and this is a conversation that that didn't make it in the movie, which is fine. In the movie's awesome. I love the movie. Uh, this conversation scared me, it's and it was over the phone, so like we couldn't film it. We had to reenact it, and that didn't work. So the film didn't have it in there because it just didn't work. But but the conversation I had with this dude from the government over the phone scared the hell out of me. And and now you're like, on a watch list. And, and it was yeah, literally right. it was literally like yeah. And I asked him, I was like, would you guys like nuke cities and stuff? He's like, well, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes. let's all stay healthy. Twenty-eight weeks later is another. <laughs> yeah, thing. our man's got another question. Yeah. Well, uh, when I was taking film history with a person. My professor was in the industry during the time Night of the Living Dead premiered. Wow. And he said that uh, what George A. Romero did was that Night of the Living Dead was an allegory for what was the big scare at the time, communism and mm -hmm. Russia. And the you, zombies were an allegory of them. The, of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. You know yeah. what else Night of the Living Dead is? And, and I know... All of us up here on the table can appreciate this, and I'm sure you guys will as well. It's also an example of an independent film that kicked major ass. Yep. Uh, and it still, uh, yeah. still a, does, yeah, by the way. As a filmmaker... That's the best zombie movie and the scariest movie ever made. Yeah, as, as a filmmaker, opinion. someone trying to buck the system, you, you, you cannot help but just adore what he achieved with that film. And, what? What, and the yeah. mistake that he made as well. Yeah. Because as an independent filmmaker, he didn't... 
You didn't pay attention to where the rights were, so now the rights are just out there, and people can remake Night of the Living Dead 3D and Night of the Living Dead Origins or whatever. You could play, so. I mean, it allowed it to be played on cable forever because yeah. they didn't trademark the movie, and then the trademark dispute led to uh, The Return of the Living Dead being made by his partner when they split. The, the, I thought what you were going to say, Gavin, is what I think is most fascinating about Night of the Living Dead, which I, I do think is the greatest horror movie of all time. I think it's just incredible. Uh, is that as an indie filmmaker, he wanted to remake I Am Legend. Like He wanted to make a film version yep. of I Am Legend. So it's, the, the zombies actually came from vampires, which is crazy because zombies are so much more dynamic than vampires because they're all of us. They're not some dude living in like a castle that you have to go to to become a vampire, like a werewolf or a zombie. Like, that's the coolest thing. It's like, oh, you, that's like only the 1% ends up being vampires because they're all in their <laughs> stupid little parties hanging out. And they're like, oh, I'm going to seduce you. And they eat each other. Like, like the zombies <laughs> is all us fools. <laughs> And I know, I know. Wait a second. You get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I do, but I don't want to. I'm not, and I'm not defending vampires here. But the, but the I am legend. So, so is what happened very was very similarly. If anybody has not read the book, and you're yeah, the greatest it, horror book ever written. It's I am such legend. a great novel, and I would argue not they Will have Smith. never gotten the movie. No, the movie right. should have been John Carpenter and Kurt Russell mid '80s making that movie. Regardless, That's what that movie should have been. But, but what, here, here. but the the like mass mentality. You know, these these vampires and I am legend are thinking they're his neighbors, and it is a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this book is a vampire. It was with a scientific. It was yeah. a scientific approach to vampirism. Exactly. And he saw that and was like, "That's amazing," but I can't afford. I am legend. I'm gonna roughly make it myself, exactly. and I'll make them ghouls, and it'll be caused by a satellite crashing down with something on it that's virusy. And then this will be in a house, just like I'm letting. I think it is so awesome. It like, is what a great, great accident that turned into an entire genre. The man should own an island. We should give him money all the time. He should have a, <laughs> he should have a star on the Walk of Fame because there are people who have stars on the Walk of Fame. Yes. Matt Moak tried to have a star made for him, and we tried, and, and it didn't work because a million political reasons. Yeah. But George Romero should have a star on the Walk of Fame. He should have a shrine. He should have all that stuff because people are making billions off of that dude, yeah. well, and he's the Godfather. That's yep. Fair. Um, to defend the I Am Legend adaptations, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price is so fantastic. Good. Yes, so good. Yes. Yeah, and Omega Man. If and Omega Man has taste. some of the best one-liners ever. Like that's a hundred percent Anglo-Saxon, baby. <laughs> There's another one, but it's not worth repeating here. <laughs> There's a really great line you in like Omega Man. The movies ha- and like, have you guys seen the Last Man on Earth? Raise a hand. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. It's a really, really great movie. You could movie. probably get it for like two bucks at a drugstore yeah, or something. Like Walmart or something. It's, it's worth you, every penny. You know this, Ryan, and I want to talk to you about it real quick. But aren't don't they have the right? Aren't they making another I Am Legend? Yes, they are making they another are. I Am Legend with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, please. No, unfortunately, no. They're deciding to just completely clean the slate. Um, who wants to see the return of zombies on the big screen, in which they just rise from the grave for no reason whatsoever? Good old EC Comics. Tales from the Crypt zombies. We don't have that anymore. No, man. And, and, I mean, I just want them to rise up because of supernatural reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was more like. Would a, there be? Is there still a market for that stuff? Yes. Next know. question. <laughs> I hope so. Just breaking away from the scary government conspiracies and whatnot. Um, I just, I just became a fan of zombies through video games, and I was just wondering what was your guys' favorite zombie video game? Yeah. Is it Resident Evil? You're gonna think I'm crazy. The one that I couldn't finish because it was too scary for me, and I still think is the most immersive. Zombie U on the Wii U, and it's and it's not a joke. It's yeah. not a joke. I actually think like the way that the that they that they integrated the gamepad into that game, mm-hmm. where you had yeah. to shake the zombies off of you, or you yeah, had to use it as amazing. a scope, mm-hmm. and it was blinding to use the scope because your mm-hmm. peripheral was gone. I think yeah. the way that they integrated the gamepad with your screen, mm-hmm. uh, and use it to ping stuff. I really think that Zombie U is a such a hugely overlooked yes. zombie game, and I've played 
all of them. Left 4 Dead is the is Left 4 Dead is the social game. I love mm -hmm. playing Left 4 Dead with my friends. Yeah. And obviously the best narrative game is the Telltale stuff. Mm -hmm. But Zombie U is yeah. worth picking up a Wii U for. I loved yes, it. It was awesome. It really was great. Thank you. I'll never forget uh, playing Resident Evil 2 when it first came out. I borrowed a friend's PlayStation. <laughs> I was too cheap to have one because I was in college. But I turned down the lights and I, ha I lit some candles and I was like, I'm going to play some Resident it's Evil. It's going to get romantic it's up gonna in here. It's going to get super romantic up in here. And I, never, I didn't know what to expect, honestly, guys. And like when I'm like Jill and I'm walking down the hallway and all of a sudden a window smashes open and a fucking dog, sorry, a dog goes jumping out. I jumped off my couch. It was like, no way, no way, no way. And my, and my, like, my, uh, my roommate comes like walking in at that moment. He's like, one, why are the lights, why do you have candles lit? <laughs> Two, what the hell are you playing? I'm like, it's this new game. Because I was up to that point. I was just like, you know, Ryan Turk, horror nerd, loved my zombie movies. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil changed the game, man. I mean, yeah. that was yeah. a that great, great well, survival And game. I'll add to that, too, that, because uh, I'm not a big gamer, but uh, Resident Evil also was really the first after a very long drought of no zombie movies. Like, we had gone through this long period of just nothing. Yep. I, except yeah. for Dead Alive, if you could find it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then mainstream cinemas got Resident Evil, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting a zombie movie again on a big yes. screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always thankful to them for that, because I think Resident Evil kind of afforded the, some of the, you know some of the stuff that came next uh, because it showed that there was dollars for zombies again. And cinematically, the movie did as well. Resident yeah. Evil, the video game, I mean, the movie came out before 28 Days Later, oh, yeah. before Dawn and of the Dead, you know? now, like, how many movies later? Yeah. yeah. Six, like, zillions? Seven, it's seven, one eight, of the so. most... They gotta put you on one of those movies, Clark. Oh, I would totally get <laughs> one of those movies. Boom. I'd be like, ba-bam, awesome. But how cool is Left 4 Dead? Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know I mean, like, you talk, I was talking to... Yeah, like... Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 are so much fun to play. Uh, I used to play it with Scott Gimple, who's now the showrunner of Walking... Oh. That's, how I, that's how I met Hang Scott. Hang on a sec. Wait, wait, wait. The name you dropped is over there. Scott freaking yeah. Gimple. Isn't that crazy? Give me that name. Yeah, no, no, listen, listen. He, he was a friend of uh, a buddy of mine from the, uh, improv. And, uh, like, the, the, uh, it's me and three improv for people. And, and he, we're playing, like, Left for Dead. And then he was up for Walking Dead as a writer. Yeah. And then eventually he becomes a showrunner. But I was like, yeah, he'd be the perfect guy to run The Walking Dead. And I think this new season has proven that. Yeah. This, is, this new season of Walking Dead is probably the best ass. one. Yeah. It's, it's probably the best season. And Scott has come into his own. And I just remember trying to defend a bathroom with that guy and being like, no, no, you go out and do the radio. You do the radio. Because you know you got to set up your strategy at the end of each level of Leopard Dead. It's like, go out and get the radio. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. You go get it. You go get it. Go call, call the boat. Call the boat. But it was, it, and those guys are all hilarious. Scott's actually the fun, one, really funny guy. Mm -hmm. You got another question? Yeah, Robin. Robin. Hey, Robin. So uh, you hit a couple times how you would not attend Costco just because it'd be giant overrun. Uh, oh. Have you guys picked your go-to spots? Yeah, Ikea. The walls of my... <laughs> <laughs> I go to Ikea, but I would just get there first. I mean, like, I would kill anybody who was in there, any shoppers, anybody. See, just, like, that, do the old no, that Roger work, and Peter. Because nothing's turned on. Like, your sink is... You do realize it's not full of 100 working yeah, sinks, Yeah, but there's right? tons like, of... But there are employees who have to, you know, do no, all their thing. They're no, I would just you. do the pull the old Dawn of the Dead, Peter and Roger thing, just put some trucks up, and listen, I mean, like, I'm going to be comfy. But I'm going to have tons of instructions to build stuff. 
That's the only problem. The best advice I heard was the walls of your house, like empty, like our attic and stuff like that. Like, just, like, and then like smash the windows. Let people know your house. Like, make them think that your house has already been looted and nobody's living in it. And then you live in the walls, and you just don't want people. You you, you just don't want people. You don't, or you live you live under the floorboards in the attic, wherever you can do the crawl spaces. You don't want people to think that you're that you have anything in there, and you want people to think that someone else already went through your house. Because if they think you got stuff, good luck keeping them out. Yeah. That sounds an miserable. island. An island doesn't work. A boat doesn't work because somebody else is gonna have a boat. Like a, a mountain doesn't work because yeah, zombies don't climb ropes, but people do. Everything that anybody in uh, in human history has ever built has been overrun by other humans who came by later and took their stuff. I want to so ask good Clark. Luck. I want to ask Clark something. Clark, yes. what would your mode of transportation be? Would you just be on foot, or would you like car? More, car? Uh, because car would take me as far as I could go. Hmm. And then car would die, and then I would keep going. Okay. So, um, and, and to answer your question, I have not thought about where I would go, but I have thought about how screwed I would be if the zombie <laughs> apocalypse came. I have actually had that thought many a time. Like, <laughs> like we we go to the um, it, for you guys who are local to LA, uh, they do the Cinef or the Cinespia screenings in the summers, right? And everybody comes with their picnic, and you all like blanket to blanket to blanket and get super close. And I have had the thought before. Wow, if there was a zombie virus and one person had it in this whole group, guess what? Up in flames. We would be done. Or like a <laughs> panel, maybe? Like a panel? Like if it happened yeah, in a panel? Or, or yeah, or, yeah, lock the doors. Um, convent, they yeah, closed Jonathan them. wants to eat all of it. Did you guys see me go? <laughs> Dude, seriously? I, I don't trust you anymore. Where would you, you go, trusted me Gavin? Before? You know, I think uh, it's cliche, but I would just head up into the mountains. Nice. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Colorado, and it just seems like if anything is ever bad, you just go up to the mountains. Mm. So, um, Mount Whittier. Yeah, Smokes yeah. I, I, But you know, think I'm not in things. Denver, right? I'm not in Colorado. I'm in LA, and we in these big metropolises would be in so much trouble. Yeah, it would be so hard to get out. Um, There's some great stuff, Mount Whitney. Oh, that's I true. Can, I can recommend Mount Whitney. Uh, don't don't tell tell these. Oh, people. sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, not Mount Whitney. Anyone? Not my butt? cabin in Mount Whitney that I built last week. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. We only have like a, a few more minutes. All right. So, comment and a question. Comment would be, pet food store, for a place to go. Oh. Who's gonna go to the pet food store? And but the litter. You can Jonathan use the litter. Right? Yeah. Impromptu you know, laboratory, right? Yeah. Anyways, question is have you seen Stakeland? Yes. Yes. And is that a zombie or a vampire? Vampires. It's a vampire. Yes. Vampires like treated as zombies. Yeah, it's, see, it's you were saying like that a zombie thing. They're like, uh, con like, they kind of like came from vampires, right? As you were saying yeah. earlier. Because I was thinking about it and I just wanted to. Yeah, basically, that director, Jim Mickle, he basically kind of appropriated the zombie genre, which had, you know, obviously Night of the Living Dead, uh, I Am Legend, Night of the Living Dead. And then Jim Mickle was like, well, I'm going to treat vampires like zombies now. And uh, yeah, so you've got like a survivor type wandering across the wasteland taking out vampires. So. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it good. Was, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, I never heard anybody mention it. You guys so should watch Stakeland. Stakeland. It's also on Netflix, right? Yeah, definitely on Netflix Instant. That's where I watched it. Let's, do, let's do one more. I'm sorry, guys. Let's do one more, and I think they're going to wave us down. Oh, what about the ears? Sorry. Oh. I hope this is worthy you of being the last one. You can get her number later, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I'll get it for you. We'll go fast. We'll go fast. Um, okay, we'll speed through, yes. Are you familiar with uh, Marvel Zombies? Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robert um, Kirkman wrote it early yeah. on. I thought it was a, an interesting concept of having zombies that they weren't, you know, full-on zombies unless they were hungry. And once they got the food in them, they're like, okay, now I can think, oh, my God, I'm a monster. What's wrong with me? 
I was wondering if you guys had a choice, if say you were to be bitten, would you rather just immediately go brain dead or would you have to deal with that dilemma of, okay, now I know I'm gonna eat and I know I'm gonna get hungry and there goes my family, but. You mean like Marvel still, Zombie style? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm already brain dead, so I defer to you no. guys. <laughs> well, I, I think the thing about that though is you, you, it's a drag, right? Because it's not like any of us also have superpowers. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like I don't have the superhero serum or a you know, web shooter, so that scenario would really suck. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Yeah. It's let's, unanimous. Let's cycle you in. Come on. Hey, guys. I'll be really quick. I'm a huge zombie fan myself. Um, I just want to cordially invite you guys that tomorrow I'm actually have the world premiere of my first zombie Fairfield. film. Fairfield. Ooh. Yeah. Very awesome. yeah. aware of your movie. Yes. That's you guys, are, you guys are aware of it? Oh, great. Have heard of it. It's yes. a Breakfast Club inspired zombie film. Awesome. takes place in high school, so if anyone's interested, high school is you guys terrifying. are actually invited. Just want to say that. Take your time. Thank you. Fairfield. Oh, awesome. Hello, young cool. lady. All right. We got the ears up. All right. All right. Okay. Um, well, my question is. How, because you were talking about how screwed you would be in a zombie apocalypse. Yes. For all of you guys, how long, um, these are two questions. How long do you think you would survive in an honest to God zombie apocalypse? And if you survive long enough, what would be your weapon of choice? Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't, I would uh, gauge how long I would survive with the people I was with. You live close to me. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And he's going to eat me. He's already told me, so get out of here. Um, but yeah, I, I, you, it depends on who you're with. If I'm with the wrong group, yikes. Uh, and um, my weapon of choice, I definitely wield some sort of... Something sharp? Yeah, like this. Katana or well, something? If it's, a blood sure. born, if it's a bloodborne virus, I don't want to do anything sharp, but it's got to be distance creating, so you got to think about something like a trident, but it, that's sharp. <laughs> Like, like I'm, I'm fucking serious. Because you want to, you want to catch them, and you want to catch them and keep them away, yeah. right? So like a trident or like a ski pole, right? Like I'd be like, like everybody be going for a shotgun, I'd be going for like a ski pole. Yeah. Uh, because you want to, you want to stop them. You don't want them. Like if you stab them with a spear, they just climb down the spear at you, yeah. right? And so you like, you like want to stop them. So I'd need something like a ski pole. And then, uh, I, and yeah, no, I, I would have. How long uh, would you last, though? I don't think I would last very long. Right. <laughs> Not with a trident. But a trident, I'd be like, I'm king of the sea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the zombies would be like, get the hell out of my face, dude. But honestly, like a trident, guys, think about that. Like, like they are not getting any closer because you just tridented them. Yeah, they can't climb down a trident. Yeah, if you have a trident, has has anyone you build it? Has anyone paid attention to that hammer that Tyrese carries in Walking Dead? Uh, yeah. I would go to the hardware store. But they that get would too close to you, man. Well, yeah. trident. Just, I, ideally, you'd have like a short range weapon, a medium range weapon, and a long range yeah. weapon. You stick a. I know what I'm doing, yeah. folks. Yeah, you, you need a gun a, and you need a trident. Keep a gun around for the humans. Have a bludgeoning yeah. tool for the zombies. Screw your trident. I'm not sticking with you. You gotta keep but it like. Honestly, I would just I would like go take Gavin's route. I mean, IKEA is great and stuff, but I would probably go off into the woods with a backpack and my like, dog, and that's it. You can't it. let people within two feet of you because they have zombie virus. I got good reach. Got like trident, baby. Ski pole. Think about Next it. Next year, there's a new uh, zombie underwater film coming out. Compliments yeah. of Jonathan London. <laughs> guys, guys, the all, Aqua all I gotta Dead. say is, full, guys, full T shark versus zombie. Trident beats both of them. Proven. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, uh, this is our zombie panel. We want to say one last thing before we wrap up. Yes, Clark? please. Uh, so Ryan and I host a horror podcast called The Bloodcast. And uh, we are going to be doing a panel literally right now in room 308AB. So if you want See you there. more scary conversation, please come join us. Yeah, uh, follow Gavin Hignite and follow all of us on Twitters. Thanks, uh, guys. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. 
And then uh, Geekscape is at Geekscape is at uh, booth one, eleven ten on the floor. Come Literally. visit us, all right, guys. Thank you, guys. Listen Thanks, guys. Thank you guys. Be safe. <laughs>